Welcome back to the Two Guys Named Chris show. Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of this program, is on with us and can comment on several legal stories we have going today. One of them out of Burger King. I'm fascinated by it. We'll start with that one. Hello, Lisa. How you doing? I'm fantastic. I hope you guys are. Great. It was really nice having you in the studio last week. I loved it. We have to do that more often. I love hearing those those wonderful P1 questions. They are fantastic. Well, Did you get any uh, follow-ups? from? Because I know you had asked a couple of our listeners to, to give you a call and contact your office for some specific cases. Did they follow through? You know? Yeah, you know, um, one or two people did, and actually uh, some people who were trying to get through and, and couldn't ended up following up with me at the office, so uh, happy to help us. Good. Even well, better. you know what you are is unflappable. You you know, you can tell any question comes your way, you know it. She knows the legal game so much. She do. And she was great last week. Let, uh, one quick story here, uh, not even on the list today, but we heard this woman's audio earlier from Chipotle. She bit into a burrito and bit into what she thought was a cockroach. It turned out to be a beetle. Not that she's even threatening a lawsuit or anything, but could she if she wanted to? She put her plight on social media. I was eating my burrito, and I bit into something crunchy. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I spit it out thinking you know, it was like crunchy corn, like something dried. And a couple bites later, I ate something else that was crunchy. And I spit it out, and I spit out a cockroach leg. And then I spit out, and it was the body of a cockroach. And I don't know what to do. I called poison control, and they said that I won't die from it, but I'll probably get food poisoning in the next 24 to 48 hours. But what do I do? We're all split on this. Chris Dim doesn't even believe her. Dave thinks it's plausible because he once saw a cockroach run across a grill at a Japanese steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, it runs the joint now. It's, a G- it's the GM. <laughs> I believe her because I've seen the video and she has a very trustworthy face. But no matter what, if she proves she's telling the truth, is there really anything? Is there a lawsuit that she has on this? You know, it doesn't sound like there was any harm, really. I mean, no physical harm, anyway. It doesn't sound like she's gotten sick. She thinks she might get sick. There may be, you know, a little little emotional distress. They might pay her a little something because it stressed her out to think about getting sick or to think about eating a cockroach. But really, with no real harm, you know, I don't see a lot to it. No, I didn't think so either. They usually, maybe a little bit of settlement here from Chipotle. Coupon. Give me a coupon. Yeah. Get rid of the some free guac. Something. Get some free burritos. Yeah, get some free burritos out of it. Take the video down. Although she says she couldn't stomach going back to Chipotle again because oh, it's happened that's to her. her call. This is a uh, fast food restaurant story as well. Totally different, though. A guy named Ryan Pacheco went to work for Burger King on Long Island. He was making $15 an hour, agreed to work for them on June 28th. He's 20 years old, and he went into their location where they told him to start on July 2nd for his shift. Now, when he interviewed for the job, he told the manager, I have a colostomy bag, and will this make a difference in my hiring? And they said, no, come on, you're hired. So he goes in four or five days later for his first shift. His shirt is untucked because he has a colostomy bag. He can't tuck it in. The, uh, the manager, different guy than he interviewed with, told him, tuck in your shirt. He says, I can't. I have a colostomy bag. New manager says. Tuck it in, noob. Yeah, come on. Tuck <laughs> it. We're a tucked restaurant. I don't know the, what kind of operation you think we're running. Tuck your shirt in. He said, I can't. Plus, if I tuck it in, there could be a tearing or a leakage and that would be awful here. I just want, and I did say up front to the other manager, uh, I do have the colostomy back. And by the way, this is his dream job at Burger King. Mm-hmm. Well, 
few hours later, they go to him and say, this is not going to work. You're fired. They let him go. And he's devastated. I think they're in the wrong here, Burger King. I think, Lisa, they have violated the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And I think if he wants it, he should get his job back or get some sort of payment from them. What do you think? You are spot on. You know, you almost went to law school for a reason. Uh, that is absolutely right. <laughs> That's exactly that is right. absolutely right. Okay. I think yeah, so. he, uh, yeah, easy accommodation there. You know, this poor guy, he's had this since birth. He has never, never been without it. Mm-hmm. He has worked successfully at McDonald's before, he pointed out. And he just he just wanted to do his job. You know, he, but he, he literally could not tuck his shirt in because if that thing started leaking, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Ugh. Ugh. basically you know, excrement leaking out. You don't want that in the restaurant. So, I mean, how how easy would this have been for them to accommodate? Just don't tuck your shirt in. I know. It's crazy. It is just not to take, I feel terrible for the young man, and I'm glad that it sounds like he may be getting, you know, a settlement. But could you make an argument on behalf of any restaurant that's saying, that's just not the type of job this person can do? You can't be near the food with a colostomy bag. Well, the the ADA is all about basically requiring employers to accommodate if that can be reasonably done, so that a person with a disability can do any you know any job that they're capable of doing with a slight modification. And here, I don't think you get much more slight than just allowing someone to not tuck in their shirt. Yeah, super easy, like a slam dunk. I'll tell you that next man, that manager who was on duty the day he started, that's a hardo. I would have been that way too. Yeah, tuck, yeah. day one guy. Yeah, day yeah. one guy. Tuck your shirt in. Yeah, Let's tuck go. It. Yeah. I'm a tuck but, guy. <laughs> again, not to belabor the point, and I feel bad for the kid. I do. She's sure. a young man. Yes. But if there is if there is a risk of the bag leaking, then there's a risk of the bag leaking. But, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. he, he can work at he could work at a uh, mm-hmm. oil change place. Mm-hmm. There's no saying if there. the bag is if the bag is allowed to hang there properly, there's not really a risk of leaking. Uh, I don't think not not any great risk. But what they're saying what is that when you tuck it in, what's what you're saying? What if a spatula comes flying at? Yeah, that happens. No knife will pierce it because there's no knives. No, there's no knives. That might make anyone. You start flying spatulas, that might make anyone have an accident. All of a sudden, you crap your. You know, there it is. Right, it's out. Okay, you feel bad enough for the Burger King employee. You're going to feel worse for this guy. This is awful. A homeless man in Hawaii, they thought he was Thomas Castleberry. He was asleep on the street in 2017. His name is Josh Spurderbach. But they thought he was Thomas Castleberry, and they had a warrant out for his arrest. So they arrested him in connection with a drug case. They sent him, this homeless man who was misidentified, to jail and then to a mental hospital where he's been for more than two years. And he has said every step of the way, I am not this person. I am not this person. I don't know what you're talking about. They forced him to take drugs against his will, and then they quietly tried to let him go, and they did let him go, with 50 cents in his pocket, which is what he was arrested with. Did they give him a lay? Is this customary when you, <laughs> when you <laughs> land at the airport? Yes. <laughs> what? At least he got that. They get on the way out of jail. Do you think they do that for prisoners when they're released in Hawaii? <laughs> Flower lay? <laughs> if they don't, they should. Aloha. It means hello and goodbye. <laughs> I think they should, too. But now the uh, Innocence Project of Hawaii is asking that this man be made whole and that this man get a huge payout, which I think he deserves because they treated him so poorly, and all he was, it was a case of misidentification. Lisa, what? A lot, a lot of people should be fired over this. What do you think? Yeah, he's going to get a big payday. This poor guy, he was at a homeless uh, shelter that was serving food, and he was in line 
and he fell asleep and he woke up being arrested and immediately they, you know, they were calling him by some other name and he was immediately like, look, I'm not that person. And the more he protested, the more they labeled him delusional. And, you know, two and a half years later, finally a psychiatrist at the mental hospital started taking him seriously. A simple Google search revealed that this was not the guy mm. and that the real guy, the real guy at that point had been arrested for something else and was in jail. And it was easy to find him, find his mugshot. So he gets released under the laws of the state of Hawaii. He is entitled to at least $50,000 a year in compensation for every you know year of wrongful confinement and up to a hundred thousand dollars a year. If the court finds that there were extraordinary circumstances. I think you should get more. Hmm. I mean, you're talking about a $200,000 payout at most, two fifty. I think he should get millions for this. They put him away, and yeah, he said, I'm, I'm Yeah, not he won't. Guy. I mean, it's it's capped at that. But gosh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's not a lot of money for two and a half years of your life in yes. a mental hospital, being yes. being medicated with psychiatric drugs. I mean, yeah. terrible. And he said, well, the, he was homeless. Well, and he said the whole time, I'm not this guy. And they Only never, a Casselberry would say he's not Casselberry. <laughs> Never See, that's his thing. And you know, that's what they'd say, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course he's going to say, that's not him. Every Castleberry <laughs> says, it's not him. Oh, I feel terrible for that guy. Here's another, uh, this is a case. I'm not sure if the people that have been wronged here will get anything out of it or not. A gas station in Canada got a fuel delivery uh, last weekend, and their tanks got filled with the wrong type of gas. They pumped regular unleaded gas into the tanks that are supposed to hold diesel and vice versa. So people with diesel vehicles put in regular gas, and people with regular vehicles put in diesel gas. I've had some experience. You know all about that. I've had some experience mm-hmm. with this, yes. Uh, now, a lot of people are saying, my engine has died. My car needs thousands of dollars in fixes. What are you going to do about it? Are they on the hook for paying for all these repairs, Lisa? What do you think? They are. It's not yet clear if they're going to step up and do the right thing, though, because you know the gas station... Under products liability law, similar in, as we have in our laws in the U.S., Canada has similar laws, you, the person, the vendor, the merchant who sold the item is liable as well as whoever the distributor was or whoever made the mistake, manufacturer, distributor, whatever. Everybody in that chain of the sale is, is potentially liable. But, you know, these are these are relatively small claims. I mean, I think uh, like eight to $10,000 is probably about the most because what happens is diesel is so much thicker and more dense than regular gasoline, that it will do a ton of damage to your, you know, your fuel injectors, your fuel lines, cause your engine to seize up. So you're looking at potentially replacing your entire engine. Mm-hmm. The problem is if if these people come and make these claims on a you know individual basis to this gas station, the gas station may say, oh, you know, we didn't do it. It was the distributor because that's who when they came and refilled the tanks, they did it incorrectly and try to pass the buck on to them. They, these people are definitely owed money for this it just may be a real hassle if the gas station doesn't step up and do the right thing yeah that's the thing who's the gas want? station should be pissed too if the i mean you're missing yeah your, your, your tanks are yeah. flipped over now that you yeah. have, you might have to replace your you tanks. tainted tanks you got Plus, tainted tanks all these customers are going to miss they're not going to trust the gas station anymore either they're going to say that's the gas station so yeah, the, ga- mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. the oh, gas yeah. station can get they they absolutely can get reimbursed from the company that did this the gas station has recourse too yeah they should you know i put diesel gas in my car many years ago lisa do you know this i didn't know that it was terrible yeah it was uh terrible christmas day and uh, i stopped and filled up my tank with gas but i got halfway full of diesel and then realized oh Oh. my gosh that's diesel so i filled the second half with regular and thought maybe they'd mix and it would be all right (laughs) you know 
Uh, mm. Like an Arnold Palmer. Yeah, it's like an Arnold Palmer. It was high. It is like an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. yeah. But I, so I called an emergency mechanics office that was, you know, not really open. But Did you change your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> if I were to accidentally put diesel in my car and then mix gas in as well. Hypothetically, <laughs> somebody t- suggested. Son, is that you? You know, no, Daddy. <laughs> One of the guys suggested that I run the gas out. He's like, just run it out. So I'm here. It is Christmas Day. We've already had our lunch and everything. At my, so it's like seven o'clock. I'm done. And I said, okay. So I had a full tank of gas now, half diesel and half regular unleaded. And I just started driving west. And uh, mission from God, right mm-hmm. towards the sunset. Everything was fine. Everything was. Fine. It ran perfectly. But then when it got to be about half a tank, and I'm 200 miles from home, it won't find no more. Knock and ping. Ping, ping, and I was like, uh-oh, something's going wrong here. And then it Next shuttered. Next Black Mountain. Yep, and it shuttered down, man. It did. And you ought never to stop oh. Black Mountain. No. And I was told by the tow truck operator who had to tow me 150 miles home, and that's a pretty penny, let me tell you, mm. that the uh, diesel gas, like you just said, is so much heavier. All the regular gas is sucked through first, and it's fine. But then the diesel gas hits when it's only diesel, and it ain't going to work. And it mm-hmm. does not work. And it did a lot of damage to my fuel lines and such. And the car was a lease, good old Camry. Mm. And when I uh, went to trade it in, they were like, this is that diesel car, isn't it? And I was like, oh, crap. They know. They knew all about it. It was What's diesel now? It was awful. Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. Uh, One more lawsuit today. Crocs, a company Chris Dim loathes and wishes was off the planet entirely. Thank you. Has filed 21 lawsuits against 21 different companies, including Walmart and Hobby Lobby saying that trademark infringement of their foam clogs and their distinctive quirky design is clearly evident by knockoffs being made by Walmart and other places. Crocs say their their footwear has been intentionally and frequently copied by various companies, which is probably true. So there's wall crocs out there? Yeah, there's wall crocs. You can get a wall croc. You can get a hobby croc, whatever. (laughs) So what do you think, Lisa? I think Crocs is probably right that they've been copied. Is this the case? They're going to win. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I've actually wondered many times when you see those, you know, and the knockoffs, why in the world Crocs doesn't go after all those? Because mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And apparently Crocs, for a while, was, was pretty la- you know, lax about enforcing their patent and their trademarks, but they have gotten much more aggressive about it. And apparently they've, they've basically experienced a huge resurgence during the COVID because of the casual lifestyle everyone's leading. Crocs, their sales are at an all-time high. And so they've started, and there are so many knockoffs out there, so they've started enforcing it. They just won a huge patent fight that's been going on with a company called Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, that makes a knockoff croc. And uh, they won, and uh, they got their patent enforced. And now I think bolstered by that legal battle, that went on for like six or seven years. Now I think they're saying, okay, you know, now we're going to go enforce our trademark as well. So I think they are going to win that. It just seems, I mean, they do have a distinctive quirky design. Whoever, you know, nobody... It's very unique. Nobody would have ever thought of that. So, but then, if but if like let's say there's a cereal like Cheerios and some other company comes along with Odeos, you know, do they have to ask permission first if they're just basically knocking off the cereal? It's a cheaper brand. Well, in a lot of those kind of situations, there's actually licensing that's involved, and sometimes they're actually even buying surplus from the original Cheerio manufacturer and just relabeling it. Uh-huh. So a lot of times there is a back sort of a back deal that leads to that. And, you know, with the Crocs, it's just, it's not like it's a, you know, with food, cereal, you know, a cereal of a certain shape is not as unique as this. I mean, it's a very unique, this mm. lightweight, rubber, colorful, 
clog. It's just a it's a very odd and, and unique thing mm-hmm. that uh, I think they'll be able to enforce. Okay. Could you argue, however, if you were an attorney for Walmart or Hobby Lobby, that like it's like it's akin to inventing the flip flop. There's a billion brands of flip flops. Yeah. That's just a style of shoe. Could you argue that's simply a style of shoe? You know, I mean, it, it, you certainly could, except I think that it, I, again, I think it is, it's more unique than just like a flip-flop. I mean, mm. it's just, it's a strange, it's such a strange creature, um, you know, and for the reasons that you probably hate it, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a bizarre mm-hmm. product. But, and uh, it's not like any other sandal. I mean, they've just taken, you know, taken like the, the traditional clog look and done all this weird stuff to it and all these colors and the mm-hmm. holes. And the, it's just, it has a lot of unique features mm-hmm. that are different than, say, just a sandal. People love them. But it sounds like they did something smart on the front end and patented the design. Mm-hmm. They did. And not they just did. the name yeah. so yeah. that nobody else can right. make their shoes look like this. Do you know, they, they said in this article that uh, they conceptualized the croc when they were on a sailing trip and they felt like they needed something more substantial for their feet up like on the deck of the boat. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with over flip-flops. So they came mm. up with that. Instead of a boat, they wanted it to be a boat shoe and it turned out to be an everyday comfortable shoe that mm. people are wearing. Mm-hmm. They did not realize how slovenly we had become as yes. a nation <laughs> and how it could work out for us. And I mean, people that love them swear by Crocs. They do. Are you know. a Crocs fan, Lisa? You know, I have a pair of the old. They don't. You can't get these anymore, and they're they're wonderful. They were the kind that are like they're rugged looking. Like it looks like a four wheel drive Croc. You know what I mean? It's like um, it's got the big tread on the bottom, and I wear them like gardening and stuff. If I have to go outside in the winter, I throw I throw them on. You know, mud, whatever. You have to swag. It's they're like big dark green, like you know, army green with a big orange strap. I love them, but yeah. I don't. Public. You don't wear them in the court. Sound no, no, that's, a, no. that's an attractive no. shoe. What kind of dress you wear that with? Yeah. Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of the two guys named Chris Show. As always, spot on here. It's Lawyer Up. You can find her at LanierLawGroup.com. She's present there or HireHeavyweight.com. Lisa, fantastic to talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend.